listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of Nostalgia Be Damned. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Demon Llama. Oh, man. It is good to be back, my friend. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I feel like we owe our listeners a bit of an explanation because it's been, I don't know, what, three, four months since our last episode? Something like that. I grew a beard. I have a kid now. 16 years, yeah. I also have a beard and I gave away three kids. It's been a long couple of years. Quick explanation. Brandon and I have both undergone uh, pretty significant life changes uh, as uh, some of our loyal listeners might might know. We uh, always recorded this show up in Maine. Um, where Brandon is originally from, and I moved there for a few years. Uh, I moved out and moved back to my hometown of Rochester, New York. Uh, Brandon, still in Maine, if 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 I'm correct. That is correct. Set to be moving very soon. We've d- basically just been trying to figure out our life situations, our living situations, and trying to get the logistics down of how we were going to keep going. Um, so we're really excited about uh, where this show is going. Um, we're changing a couple things up, sort of mixing the format up just a little bit, um, breaking some of our old rules and changing up a few things. Uh, but there are definitely going to be some sort of learning curves as we move forward with this show because uh, whereas Brandon and I used to be able to watch the movie together and record together, we're now doing it over the phone. That's true. We, we, we really miss doing this, and we had a bunch of people kind of write into us asking us about the show and if we'd come back, and it was always our plan to come back. It was just it took a little longer to figure out how the hell we were going to do this because we wanted to do it right, and we didn't want to come mm-hmm. back just to have it fizzle out again. So we're moving ahead, fucking, you know. Full steam ahead, and we're hoping you guys will come along with us. It might be a little bumpy just to get going, but uh, good things are on the horizon. Yeah, and we definitely appreciate everybody who's written in and been uh, asking us when the show was coming back and being loyal and still listening to the show for some reason, even though we haven't been on for for a couple of months. But uh, we appreciate it. We're back, and uh, we are going to just jump right back into where we picked off when we teased uh, last week's quote episode, uh, <laughs> Emperor's New Groove today, right? <laughs> That's right, dude. 2000's animated adventure comedy. This was uh, a favorite of mine back in the day mm-hmm. and was kind of a in my opinion, kind of a precursor or kind of tipped its hand as in where animation was going. That kind of zippy, faster animation where things, kind of the SpongeBob era, if yeah. you get my drift, the Samurai Jack, that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that that's actually, I remember when we did watch this, which was a little bit, uh, at least when we watched it together, we've since watched it. Uh, but it does remind you kind of where that, it kind of towed the line between uh, stuff for children and stuff for, I would say, young adults. Maybe not full-fledged adults, but definitely uh, people maybe in their early 20s or late teens. So uh, it, it was an interesting take on the comedy at the time. Yeah, very heavily steeped on the comedic side, even in terms of Disney. Like, it's probably their their biggest, like, full-fledged comedy, I'd say. Really, like, yeah. maybe, like, we, we talked about Hercules and movies of the same kind of uh, tone, but really, when you when you come down to it, this is a slapstick comedy, really. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
Uh, but I, when I watched this movie, I thought there was a lot more musical numbers in it. I, I think there's one. Yeah, there's the opening <laughs> musical, and then there's Sting's uh, song, which was nominated for an Oscar, by the way. My funny friend and me. Who the fuck? Who remembers that one? I don't. I don't fucking remember that at all. <laughs> Dude, this this movie apparently, and I'll, we'll, we're jumping a little bit ahead, but this movie had a notoriously uh, struggled production. Like, had been in development, I guess, for six years. Interesting. I didn't know that. So just a, a synopsis for those who don't know, and at the time of recording this right now, it is streaming on Netflix, so check it out before you watch the movie. Revisit it if you like, or just listen to our take, and, det- and we'll determine whether or not it's even worth uh, your time. It's only 78 minutes, so it probably you know isn't throwing away too much time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Also, I want to stray really quick. Uh, happy 50th birthday, Will Smith. We're recording this on Will Smith's 50th birthday. Yeah, he, he has, has nothing to do, nothing with, this to do movie, with this But I just yep. needed to shout that out. Hey, no, nothing. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air deserves a shout-out on this podcast. I'm surprised we haven't done more of his movies. He sure does. We will remedy that. So the synopsis reads, A spoiled young South American emperor is turned into a llama by his ex-administrator and must regain his throne with the help of a gentle llama herder. Now, this has quite the cast. Uh, I'd say actually every single person in the main cast is a returning, I think, alum to Nostalgia Be Damned. we got David Spade, who, of course, was in Tommy Boy. We've got Eartha Kitt, who portrays Yzma, the villain in this movie. We know best as uh, from uh, The Witch in Ernest Scared Stupid, your favorite movie, obviously. Yep, uh, the best movie then... <laughs> we've ever done. We've also got Scream 3's Patrick, Patrick Warburton playing Kronk. Uh, the right-hand man of Yzma, and I'm not sure if John Goodman, who portrays uh, Pacha here, I'm not sure if we've actually covered any one of his movies. I'm a huge John Goodman fan. Oh, I love John Goodman. I can't I can't name a lot of movies that I've seen John Goodman in where I was like, ah, just too much John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist, man. There's not a movie oh, in the oh, world oh, that exists. Oh, oh, no, no, uh, no, I lied. Blues Brothers 2000. That was like, uh, that too much is John a Goodman. Whole... That's the only one. That's the only one. That's a whole lot of yuck, dude. I, that movie depressed me. Oh, yeah, it's awful. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, however, uh, does not depress me. It's directed by Mark Dindal. I believe his name is Dindal. I don't know He also is. directed Cats Don't Dance. Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> oh, my God. Cats Don't title. Dance. And uh, <laughs> Chicken Little. The, uh, do you remember that one, dude? Yeah, I do remember Zach Chicken Braff. Little. Oh, yeah. That was uh, you know, uh highlight of my year. God, I saw that in theaters, dude. I was probably one of eight. I did, too. Why? I I did. See, I I've I think uh, that one was specifically uh, we had a younger sister in the family and it was like we need to go see a movie that Olivia will like. Uh, shouts out Olivia. <laughs> but uh, you don't really have an excuse for that, do you? No, dude. I took a date to it. Actually, that was two thousand five, no, dude. I probably would have been four. No, absolutely not, dude. Can you imagine taking a date to Chicken Little? That's pedophilia stuff. What an idiot! Even if you're age appropriate, dude. Even if you're age appropriate. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Emperor's New Groove. It's got a seven point three on IMDb, an eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost one hundred million dollars. Yeah, much better than we're typically uh, used to. But uh, its budget did not wind up making a whole lot of bang at the box office. It cost a hundred million to make. Only made eighty nine million in the U S. and one hundred and sixty nine million worldwide. So it was twenty sixth for the year of two thousand. And uh, like I mentioned, yeah, just a really troubled production. So work began on this movie. It was originally titled Kingdom of the Sun. And it started in 1994. It was going to be a musical epic. So they had that kind of South American, Peruvian vibe of animation that they were they were going for. But they started 
kind of pre-conceptualizing and everything in 1994. This was right after the co-director at the time of The Lion King was uh, was going to direct this. He had uh, gotten a huge lot of, a lot of clout from that and whatnot, but because of the disappointments of two relatively seriously toned Disney movies after Hunchback of Notre Dame and Pocahontas, those didn't do Lion King numbers, so they were like, all right, maybe we kind of tone this back and more uh, put some more comedy in it. That's crazy because Hunchback of Notre Dame was laughs a minute, dude. <laughs> Break that Dude, Esmeralda, comedy. though, she was one of my, the hottest Disney princesses. Am I right? Yeah, I guess. I wasn't as obsessed with es- Esmeralda as a lot of, uh, I guess, young boys were. And it might have been because my sister loved Esmeralda, and so I was anti-Esmeralda. Okay, okay. Now, who who got you going, dude? Who was your go-to? My go-to princess? Oh, man. I was a big Ariel, fan dude? of, like, no, Jasmine. Probably Jasmine. Ooh, yeah, Jasmine. Okay, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Weird conversation. Welcome back to Nostalgia <laughs> yeah. Be Damned. <laughs> yeah, what a comeback, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. So apparently, after some uh, poor test screenings, creative differences with Dindal, who, uh, Mark Dindal, who came on aboard the project once it kind of took more of a comedic tone, I guess the guy who did the uh, Lion King, Roger Allers, he just decided, you know, fuck it, I'm out of here. So then the movie really went more shifted lighthearted and less musical despite the fact that i guess sting had been writing music for this for years like this was his elton john's lion king (laughs) like attempt to like this is it i'm gonna sell all these fucking i'm gonna be number one on the charts dude and it wound up being one good i don't (laughs) yeah fucking great awesome i'm glad that happened fuck sting oh man it wound up being my funny friend and me nominated for an oscar Yeah, fuck. But so this is what's hilarious, and I had no idea about this until I started looking up and doing the research. There's apparently an entire documentary uh, produced by Sting's wife called The Sweatbox about the making of the original Emperor's New Groove, again, titled Kingdom of the Sun at the time. Like a whole what? <laughs> dude, there's a documentary on this. I had no idea. Who could give who could give a shit? <laughs> who could give a shit? That's ridiculous. Dude, Sting. Like no, I've never like s- I've never sat around and thought like, man, I wonder how the fuck they made Emperor's New Groove. No one's ever fucking asked that question. <laughs> now, if Troy Duffy was directing <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove, I'd be like, yeah, bring on that fucking documentary. But uh, no one cares about Sting and the Emperor's New Groove. Get the fuck away from me, Sting's wife. Dude, this was uh, apparently it's this is the 40th animated Disney feature film to, you know, go to theaters and whatnot not those bullshit directed dvd sequels which by the way this had disappointing box office haul uh but like i said later on found considerable larger success in home media where it actually became the top selling dvd release of 2001 brah that was where i first saw it was on a uh dvd I also this saw this in one theaters. in theaters. No, I did see this in theaters. I remember it was my sister's birthday. And for back in the day, I only went to the theaters maybe three or four times a year. And one of them was for your birthday. You get to pick which one you want to see. Uh, she picked this one, uh, despite, I believe, Dude Where's My Car opening the same weekend and opening ahead of this movie. How does that feel? Yeah, well, your sister is a smart person. Dude, we should do Dude Where's My Car. <laughs> 
I don't want to do dudes work. That. All right, nostalgia be damn's over. We tried. We gave it our best. Twelve minutes in, we, that's it. Lastly, DreamWorks was in a race with Disney to see who could release uh, their film, which was kind of similarly themed, The Road to El Dorado. You remember that one, dude? Yeah, I actually have recommended The Road to El Dorado for this show several times. Yeah, maybe we'll do it, dude. Calm your horses. Uh, but the fact that both of these kind of were similar looking, I guess, and kind of tone as well, kind of the lighthearted slapsticky vibe. And also both take place in in Aztec fictional world. In Mesoamerican history. Yeah, good job. Because a perfect world begins with you. That one, dude. That's how we kick off the movie. fucking love that song. That's like one of my favorite songs to come out of Disney. I'm, I'm just going to say it. It really is. It's amazing. Really? Yeah. Like, I'd say it's top five easily. Dude, that is bold. That's a bold statement. And this perfect world was spent around his every little win. Because this perfect world begins and ends with what's his name? Here's great song look it's a good song uh i will say it's better than stings my funny friend in no don't ever say that again it's you know so why dude biggest question is why was this one not nominated then dude perfect world you know is so much better than than that one by the way his doesn't even come into the movie it's a fucking end credit song and this one sets up the entire character and movie really like super well it's a really catchy song and it also delivers a lot of you know flashbacks and memories and kind of sets up the character of Cusco. he was born in a race to rule no one has ever been this cool in a thousand years of aristocracy An enigma and a mystery In Mesoamerican history The quintessence of perfection That is he He's the sovereign lord of the nation He's the hippest dude in creation He's a hat so this is narrated by Cusco, who's uh, about about to turn 18 years old, or he's just turned 18 years old. Again, voiced by 30-something at the time, year old David Spade. Uh, but I like this pairing. <laughs> I like this pairing of him uh, with this character, because they're both super sarcastic, very spoiled and selfish. I love the... Uh, I just like his vocal performance. To be honest, this is honestly one of my favorite vocal casts, because they fucking bring it. Like, this is fun, animated... Uh, vocal performances, in my opinion, it is it is perfectly cast. Like every character in this entire movie is perfectly cast. David Spade is the whiny, selfish prince. Uh, John Goodman is the uh, kind-hearted plebeian. Even his wife, who I can't remember the name of the actress, but she's perfect too. Just everybody in this movie is is so very well cast. I think they did a great job with that. His wife, yeah, Wendy Malick, she plays Chicha, which is actually yes. kind of funny. According to the DVD commentary, she's the very first pregnant uh, Disney character shown in a movie. Did not, Don't know if that's true or, at all, but uh, it was kind of funny to think of. Don't know why anybody would care about that, but okay. <laughs> the listeners of Nostalgia Be Damned might. I don't, all right, right, right into the show if you care that Disney had its first pregnant so, yes, we got the uh, egotistical emperor of, I guess it's an Inca kingdom in South America, uh, again, Peru, somewhere in that area. I like that it just begins pretty much with long ago, somewhere deep in the jungle, and we get, uh, it's pouring, and we get introduced to Cusco, who's now a llama. It starts off with him as a llama, and he's basically just like, oh, look at this sad, pathetic bitch. Let's go back to the beginning, and I'll show you, you know, I don't deserve any of this. I'm going to introduce you to the people who are responsible for ruining my life, basically. Yeah. 
And right from the get-go, you can kind of tell that the animation is super bright. And like I said, fast-paced. Everything's just kind of jo a joke every minute. You know what I mean? It's constantly like distractions, distractions. But I like it. It kind of fits the this zany, madcap vibe they're going for. Yeah, it fits the tone of the movie overall. But it also looks very true to the setting, too. It's got a lot of kind of sharp edges, but also very, uh, you know rounded shapes at the same time it's it's tough to explain but i really like the animation so throughout this uh yeah perfect world setup kind of just opening number letting us know uh who Cusco is this old man interrupts him and throws off his groove now this is my biggest kind of contention with the movie and why in my opinion i really think it was a box office disappointment it's just a stupid title the emperor's new groove as a kid i never understood why it was really called this i guess i get it because it's just him becoming a llama and like him changing his ways but it all stems from this little instant and anyone who throws off his groove the natural rhythm in which he lives his life he he punishes i guess or whatnot but I've always thought this was just a dumb name, and I, I guess maybe, you know, just calling it Cusco or, you know, typical, like, name, just a name drop for a title. I don't know what is a better title, but I just feel like this hindered the movie. Literally, literally almost anything else. Because it's just, it's strange. I remember as a kid that I just never understand. But anyway, it's a funny little gag where this old man gets thrown out of a building because he just simply, you know, interrupts him during his opening morning musical number. <laughs> it was it was in every trailer. Everybody, even if you haven't seen the movie, but you remember the commercials for it, should remember that where he just kind of throws this old man out the window. Pretty good. No, you threw off my groove. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Sorry. So we're first introduced to, I believe, Pacha, who is, uh, you know, like a, he's a llama herder. He lives on top of this mountain or this hilltop anyway that Cusco is looking at to build a resort for himself, essentially. Cusco-topia? Yeah, he's trying to build a summer home, I think, on top of the, the land that Pacha owns. Yeah, and he tells him basically, like... Asks him if the land is worth its weight and whatnot. He tells him, oh, yeah, if, we, if you get the sun out here, these hills sing. And he's perfect. So he uh, basically plans on, you know, bulldozing over everyone's home and building him this lavish mansion up there, uh, which really pisses Pacha off. So it's just kind of setting up these characters who has motive, uh, I guess, to turn him into a llama. The first person before Pacha is Yzma. Yeah, I was going to say one one of the things that we skipped over is Yzma is the special counselor to the emperor or something like that. Um, and she has a habit of sort of kind of sitting on the throne and doing em emperor stuff behind Cusco's back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a hint that obviously she's a little power hungry and thinks she could probably be doing a better job at being the emperor. And uh, Cusco fires her almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, she's she's his advisor, and he is so rude to her. He, he clearly just says whatever he wants. And she herself, I love the animation on her face and everything because there's all these detailed zoom-ins on him narrating so in, his, in his head where he's just like, what's holding this woman together? What the hell? And there's this little piece of green spinach. Look at these wrinkles. What is holding this woman together? What the... 
How long has that been there? <laughs> Laugh my ass off every time yeah. I see that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I love her animation and her right-hand man, who in my opinion is the best part of the movie, is Kronk, who we said earlier, uh, voiced by Patrick Warburton. He's just this big brawl, like just an enormous man who looks like he'd beat the shit out of you, but he's dumb as a rock and he's working with the bad guys, but he doesn't seem to notice that, <laughs> which I really like. Yeah. I know. Uh, I do like Kronk. Um, I wouldn't say I like Kronk enough to get a straight-to-DVD sequel with the entire original <laughs> cast, but uh, what do I know? Kronk's new groove, dude. That's that's a real thing, a straight-to-DVD sequel with the entire original cast based around Kronk. And let me tell you, we watched, what, 10 minutes of that? If that, awful. dude, yeah. Awful. It is straight-up yeah. terrible. It's so bad. Do not... Avoid that. Avoid that. Well, strange thing here, dude. You cannot avoid that when it comes to trying to buy this movie. If you wanted it on Blu-ray, first off, no Blu-ray special features. Not a fan of that. But even worse than that is that you cannot purchase just a single version of this. You have to buy the fucking Disney double feature that comes with Kronk's new groove. Yeah. Ugh. And the only special feature on the Emperor's New Groove <sighs> DVD, which I checked, dude, is Walk the Llama Llama music video performed by Rascal fucking Flats, dude. I almost burned the disc. Oh, good. Yeah, no, because everybody wants to follow up Sting with Rascal Flatts. So, <laughs> awesome. So Yzma decides, you know, she's going to plot to take over the throne. So they attempt to poison Cusco. And there's a lot of real fun. They have all these pink vials and whatnot. I love the animation also of her lair and how to get there. This fucking roller coaster that sends you down these endless spirals of track. And of course, the great the great joke, which I don't know why it's so funny. And especially at the time, um, I think just because it kind of like hit that SpongeBob thing of like poking its own loopholes a little bit where they pull the lever and it leads to an alligator pit. And she's like, I don't even know why we have that lever. Pull the lever. Crunk. Wrong lever. Huh? Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> I, like, I, I, I find that funny. It's it just like kind of like poking holes in its own. In its own script a little bit. I like, I could watch an entire movie of just Kronk and Yzma, although I guess be careful what you wish for because Kronk did get its own movie. Um, but I think the parts where I most enjoy this movie are when Kronk and Yzma are on screen together going back and forth. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they are most definitely the funniest part of this movie. Yeah. So she tasks uh, Kronk with kind of developing the poison. They're going to poison him at this dinner. Uh, and there's this whole, like, you know, Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Bean almost fumbling around of which vial did I put the poison in and, and all this shit. And accidentally, you know, lo and behold, they accidentally turn him into a llama. Kronk winds up bashing him over the head with this plate and uh, essentially disposes of the body or what he thinks he does. This is also, again, why I love Kronk, because there's this whole little him wrestling with his inner demons are visually played out where he actually has a shoulder, shoulder angel. angel and devil yep. who, who are so funny, dude. The the devil doing kind of like a, a one-armed handstand and laughing at itself. <laughs> It's, it's pretty funny. And he's funny. calling the other one like a wimp and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? A wi it's a robe. You yeah. can tell Patrick Warburton's having like a ton of fun with this role. 
Yeah, and you can also tell that the animators really tried to put uh, the actor's face into certain scenes. Like, you could tell a lot of this was probably his facial performance on set, or in the booth anyway, that they pulled from. It, it, I don't it's, know, man. You ever seen Patrick him. Warburton Express? It's tough. <laughs> I love that, man, so much. They had actually go on yeah. to star in that ABC comedy Rules of Engagement. You remember that show, dude? Yep. Rules of Engagement? I t- Unfortunately, I did do remember rules of engagement david spade and patrick warburton uh awful awful another avoid but essentially he has this you know uh, a stroke of conscience and decides to save him uh but his bag of a, his limp corpse kind of falls into pacha's belongings un- you know unknowingly and pacha returns home with a you know passed out llama in his in his crate there mm-hmm. yep and uh he he takes the emperor back to his village again unknowingly and that's when he tells his or he actually doesn't tell his wife that the emperor is planning to wipe out their home um he just kind of bears the burden he goes outside to like take care of his cart llama and that's when he notices the emperor in his bag when it's a llama that talks to him yeah and there's the whole you know freak out scene and eventually he discovers oh wait it's the actual emperor and there's this whole moment of him where he decides you know should i help this asshole he claims that he's gonna ruin my home and he also didn't mention that pacha's got two kids his wife is pregnant with a third child um and this village yeah we mentioned it's a quaint little lovely you know it's very simple peasants that's all that live there really but everyone really loves seems to love their way of life and know who each other are and it's a, it's a it's a nice existence. Yep. So he doesn't want to lose that and he decides that once Cusco basically lies to him up front because we've established this character is kind of a chode, um he decides he'll take him back to, you know, his uh castle, his mansion, the kingdom if he decides to kind of find a new home for Cusco Topia, which the emperor refuses to do and just kind of wanders off on his own. Oh, that's right. And then he spends the night yeah, kind of fending off all these insects. Again, I love the animation, especially on like the spider eating the, the like the flies like help me yep, the, <laughs> and the squirrel yep the first appearance of the squirrel which uh you know is is like a kind of a throwaway gag until he's surrounded by a bunch of jaguars <laughs> and then for whatever reason the squirrel takes out a balloon animal and pops it <laughs> with a blade of grass yeah yeah oh my god this the freaking squirrel noise like who what writer was sitting there thinking like what what noises should this squirrel make <laughs> it's like a hat it's like baby on helium is essentially what they landed on it's it makes no sense but i like it yeah this this kind of sets off really the the plot of the movie which is what is kind of the detriment in my my opinion really one of the only negatives i have i'll admit about the movie is kind of it's super basic in its plot structure once you figure out what's going on like he gets up to the mountain then it's basically a race down the mountain and then you know the villains try to race them back it's really just a race against the clock to get back to the kingdom at this point and so there's a lot of fun little action set pieces Mm -hmm. along the way they go through all these different ordeals um one of which probably my favorite is where they get strapped to that log him and pacha once pacha decides to help him and Cusco lies at that point yeah um you get, yes, yeah, get strapped to a log and sent into a raging river where I do remember this from the trailer. Definite trailer line was like, Don't tell me. We're about to go over a huge waterfall. Yep. Sharp rocks at the bottom? Most likely. Bring it on. <laughs> they fall off the cliff. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. This movie is kind of like, a, this movie kind of follows the kiss rule. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, they don't really like try and hide their hide their act structure at all, and it's very, it, you know, 
it's simple. Like two guys, they don't get along, but they have to to reach their mutual goal or whatever. I mean, it's it's almost like Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah, there's like parts where. Like we said, me- mentioned the meta part. There's parts where he will literally freeze the screen and like walk out with a red marker and be like, "What are we? What are we doing here? Like, we're supposed to not, you know, side yeah. with this guy. We got to side with me. I'm the victim of the movie here." Or there's parts where like we'll yeah, zoom out. One of my favorites is it keeps zooming out when he's falling off a cliff or something or a waterfall, and then it zooms out so far that it's just a monkey like <laughs> drunkenly wandering onto a branch and yeah. eats a bug, and it's like, "Wait, what are we doing here?" It's, it's pretty funny. It's stupid, but it's funny. Well, it's weird because the first half of this movie does a lot of fourth wall breaking and then like halfway through they just don't do it anymore like it just ends like he <laughs> yeah, finished yeah. he talks to the narrator which is himself i guess and he's like ah go away and then that's it like you never hear from the narrator again they never break the fourth wall again it's it they just abandon that as a plot device and while pacha and uh Cusco are on their way, way back to the kingdom meanwhile uh yzma's kind of taken the throne you know everything's changed and painted over and she's now you know loving her life as the i guess empress or emperor i don't know how it works empress there. i believe um, but what i do find funny is that she once eventually she does find out that he's alive uh and sends kronk off to find him, right? Well, they they both go together because she's like people cannot find out that the emperor's still alive. Um, so they both. Oh, that's right, because he like straps her on his back in like this little house hut thing. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, it may... <laughs> it's a little over the top, but yeah, they end up going out to find the emperor themselves to go kill him. And at this point, we're kind of you know the two main characters, Pacha and and Cusco there's a good side to Cusco we're starting to see and 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 he's learning that not all people are out to get him and I don't know it's the yeah, typical blah, blah, yeah blah, blah, hero blah, coming it's... to it yeah yeah you got it you got it basically though eventually they wind up at this diner which is really like a like a play on uh what big bends or big bobs or something like that big boy yeah big boy, yeah I like the is, menus yeah. and whatnot and then of course insane circumstances Kronk winds up becoming the chef at one point and there's this whole great animated bit of them not discovering each other despite sitting across from each other Yzma and then they, dre- they of course there's the cross dressing sure bit. would be weird if they took that Kronk becomes the chef gag and put it into a direct to DVD sequel but you know what do I know <laughs> well I mean as long as they wouldn't make that the forefront or like right you know, no part that would be what they do excuse me huh at one point Kronk remembers at, while he's sleeping that the guy he recognized was pacha from the village and he puts it all together in this really funny like just remembering scene but what i love after this is he opens the curtains to find isva and he's like isva and she gets up and her face is covered in like some sort of weird aging cream or something and the cucumbers fall off and his reaction he's like oh, yeah. like he's about to fucking hurl it's so good oh, just, isva. Oh, oh. <laughs> this better be good isva what? Oh! This had better be good. And anyway, yeah, they race up to his house. By the way, it also turns out that Gronk can talk to squirrels or something. I don't know. Throwaway line. Who cares? <laughs> oh, yeah. Squeak, squeaky, squeak, squeakerson. Yeah, because apparently he was... He, he took some sort of class. He was or like a... He was a junior. He was like, yeah, like the, the, the alternate universe... Uh, Boy Scouts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So there's a race up to his house. Basically, they get to um and and uh, where his family kind of gets to have a little moment where they kind of trick Yzma and Kronk and whatnot. It's a fun little back and forth shit. But what I do like is when they reference the map I, I, too. I, I also I'm sorry because one thing we didn't mention in the plot, I at least I don't think so, was that while they're at the diner, uh, Cusco and Pacha kind of have a falling out because. Pacha finds out that Yzma and Kronk want to kill the Emperor, 
and they were the ones that turned him into a llama and Cusco doesn't actually believe him and then he kind of hears it for himself so they go back to his house to kind of try and reconcile things I guess that's right yes 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 and to kind of resupply yeah yeah just to kind of like regroup and get down but you're right um they have this funny back and forth with uh the family in Isma and then when they're when they do kind of just like a running montage thing with the map and it's just kind of funny because they look down while they're running at one point and you can see like the trail line that they would <laughs> yeah, be leaving yeah. on the map graphic and then it'll cut to the actual map or them running yeah and there's like dots underneath their feet and then the best the payoff of that whole thing is once at the very end they like they get there Cusco and Pacha make it to the laboratory and then of course Kronk and Yzma is somehow already there and they're like wait how did you beat us and then Kronk pulls out the map and he's like honestly it makes no sense I have no idea it's basically the writers like yeah, yeah. we have no we've, we've written ourselves into a corner like who gives a shit they're here yeah we yeah exactly <laughs> again it it's an awesome one of those like kind of just poking holes in their own script moment which I I can appreciate. And dude, I love this third act. I think this is a really fun bit of uh, physical comedy, a visual comedy, because there's this whole thing. Yeah. They knock over, they're trying to find the vial that turns it back into a human, but they keep running into all these different animal potions that, you know, there's just a bunch of different transformations for the next 10 minutes. The villains and the heroes just kind of constantly going back and forth from different animals. It's fun stuff. Yeah, it is. And especially because uh, kind of the tail end of act two is, it, it lulls a little bit for sure. They, you know i'll agree yep they're, yep. they're turning point it just seems like they've kind of done every, yeah they've done everything they wanted to do until they know the climax is coming and they just got a fucking limp there basically this, this movie and don't get me wrong i i do actually enjoy this movie but plot wise it's like the most cliched plot masked in gags like that's that's really all it is it's so simple and and just kind of done before and it's just covered up with like a bunch of jokes that we weren't used to seeing in animation especially like a disney cartoon dude you're the the saving grace of this is stings my funny friend and me yeah no absolutely honestly uh could have used a little phil collins in this movie if i'm being honest like i would have liked a sting <laughs> phil collins oh, yes, collab of course, dude. Uh, so, you know, kind of misses the mark for me there, but you're, you, I agree. Sting's, uh, song, which I can't even remember the name for this joke. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> Back in the real world, uh, there's a scuffle. Yzma winds up falling onto one of the vials and is transformed, uh, and is transformed rather into a, a kitten. And dude, I love her voice and everything, which is like, is that my voice? And she's trying to be menacing, but, but at the same time, just a kitten. They just like Alvin and the chipmunk did a little bit. I think they just like kind of sped it up just like a hair to make it like squeaky. Is that my voice? Is that my voice? <laughs> dude, it's the best. And she winds up falling off the roof and you think, holy shit, did they, are they actually going to kill the villain as a cat? A little kitten hit the pavement. But no, he's like... At the bottom, there's these guards, and they're like, I told you, we did not order a giant trampoline or whatever. And then the cat hits it and is rocketed back Look, up. Look, buddy, I already <laughs> yeah, delivered I've it. I've already set it up, dude. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Like, it's it's trampoline ex machina, and I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Again, yeah. You can tell the, the writers are really embracing the fact that they're running into these cliches, and rather than try to write around them, they're just like, fuck it. We'll, we'll even, like, highlight it and point arrows to it. Yeah, embrace <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. But, yeah, this this whole bit where she finally is rocketed back up to the sky and uh 
winds up crushing into there's a whole bit with like water running out of this giant gold statue nose and whatnot but i love her little like i win and is crushed by cronk at the very last minute <laughs> like because he's he's mm-hmm. thrown out a trap door or whatever but uh yeah cusco's turned back into a human everything's good and he decides that he's going to build his uh, Cuscotopia somewhere else. In fact, I don't even think he builds a Cuscotopia. He straight, like, lives as a peasant. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he does build his Cuscotopia, but he literally builds it on an empty hill next door. Like, essentially oh, right. yeah, negating yeah, yeah. everything about this fucking movie. Like, oh, look, there was an empty plot of land right there that's as identical <laughs> You fucking asshole. That's like that's a real like Jurassic Park where it's like there's another island right next door. Let's just I, put them there, dude. Yeah. You know what? I can't even really talk about Jurassic Park right now because I have an admission. I watched The Fallen World for the first time just two days ago. You watched Fallen Kingdom, dude, the other day? Or yeah, Fallen Kingdom. I did for the first time the other day. And let me tell you something. Best of the series? I've never loathed... Yeah, best in the series. No, I've never loathed a movie more than I think that movie. Like, I, I honestly... It took me two days to watch it because I got to a point in the movie where I had to fucking turn it off, wait 16 hours, and try again. <laughs> Dude, I remember because because we've had this discussion when we chatted about Jurassic Park three. I did not dislike Jurassic World. I thought it was dumb, but you know, kind of fun. Like whatever, it was entertaining. While I was no, sitting I in the theater, well, yeah, I remember. I remember you hated it. While I was sitting in the theater for the new one, I thought to myself, like, if Zach hated Jurassic World, <laughs> this one might kill him. Let me just leave this conversation at this. Uh, cool velociraptors don't look at explosions. <laughs> Dude, they also don't fucking, like, tap a villain on the shoulder like a goddamn Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like, what is happening? I, I can't. Oh, my fucking God. No, I'm getting, <laughs> anyway, I'm getting that's, upset. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're getting I'm heated. Getting Dude, you're getting heated. I'm getting, yeah. <sighs> but, but yeah, it ends with I'm them, upset. you know, because David <sighs> Spade has, I think, maybe three or four catchphrases in this, like boom, baby, and booyah, and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, basically, Potch is much like him. They're jumping into pools and having fun with the whole family. Everything's good. Then we cut to a last little stinger. Kronk uh, yep. is now leading this uh, the re- chipmunk squirrel battalion or whatever, and Yzma's uh, like, still a cat. Yeah. They don't, like, there's no repercussion. I mean, there is a repercussion to the villain. She's she's a fucking cat after being a human, which is a sh- fucking shitty way to live the rest of your life. But, um. Yeah, I mean, they're just like the villain is just like kind of out roaming free and like hanging out. Yeah, with the but good what's guys. shocking, dude? That is the, the honestly, I would rather take a bullet to the head than live the rest of my life knowing I'm a cat and I can talk and like what, dude? That is a, a hellish prison. And I used to be, at one point in my life, I was the most powerful person in the world. I was an emperor for a good two days, and now I'm a fucking feline, dude. Yikes. That's dark. Yeah. Uh, what animal would you prefer to, like, if any animal that you accidentally get poisoned to become, what would you prefer it to be? Ooh. Probably like a house fly, dude, because I got like 24 hours and then I'm done. Plus, I can eat shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, that's awful. Yep. No, I'll probably pick like a dolphin or something. I no, 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 you've com- no. No, wait, wait, I didn't know no, it was a one No, you committed to housefly. No, that's what no, you. No. Dude, it was a yeah, joke. No, no, I told fly. you. No, I was very clear about what the rules of this game were. You picked housefly. You have to fucking deal with it. Wait, so what's um, yours? What do you? Pick? I'm gonna go ahead. 
Uh, you know what? I'll probably just be some fucking awesome dog. No, dude. You want to be a dog? Like, That's no much worse than being a cat. I mean, it's a little better, I guess. No, dude. No, dude. Like, come on. A golden retriever or something like that. The, all those dogs do are just walk around, fucking play outside, and be happy. Like, yeah, done. Yeah, but you could also get kicked in the ribs or something by some asshole. Dude, what about being like a bird or something that could fly? Like a right. house fly, dude. <laughs> don't don't try and make house <laughs> dude be a fly cool with me dude i've already made no because I, it is cool dude no i didn't fuck up dude it was a calculated no, decision you fu- because no. also i didn't mention this dude i didn't mention this i'm gonna get bedazzled there's gonna be two or three little bedazzles on my fly body okay well you can't have sex with fly women are you saying wait, wait are you saying then i wouldn't be able to or because i'm uh this is part of the no the horrific scenario don't... you've crafted mm- no, I, I'm just saying, like, your fly sounds stupid and probably wouldn't attract sweet, sweet fly chicks. Dude, whatever, dude. I could get as many fly titties if I wanted them. If I, but again, like, maybe I'm a celibate fly. Well, then you're a lame fly. You live 24 this hours of fucking fly, cel- <laughs> celibate <laughs> fly? Ridiculous. You, you messed up the game, and that's your fault. You have to live with it. Anyway... <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie ends there, dude. Uh, my funny friend mm-hmm. and me... Emperor's New Groove, dude. What are your dude, thoughts? Dude, uh, you know, I gotta say, uh, and I, I, it's gonna sound like a negative thing, and it's really not. Um, I aged out of this movie a little bit. I remember when I, yeah, when so? I first yeah. watched it. Um, obviously, I thought it was like one of the funniest movies I'd seen in a while. Um, didn't make me hate David Spade for like a good year or two. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, you know, as an adult, there are things about it that I can appreciate. I appreciate the animation and uh, at least two-thirds of the music um, (laughs) and just kind of like, just kind of how they work around a simple plot structure by just masking it in comedy. I, I appreciate the effort. That being said, a lot of the jokes don't land as well as they used to for me. That's not to say that some of them don't. Um, but a lot of them are just kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that being funny. It's not quite as funny now. I'd much rather make jokes about you becoming a shit eating housefly. <laughs> um, that being said, I, I still think, uh, it's a good movie. It's watchable. I would, uh, I'd give it to a kid who's maybe, you know, around the age 13, 14, I'd you know, I'd recommend it for kids that age, and uh, I think it's I think it's worth watching for the nostalgia, but it just might not be the movie you remember. Yeah, I, I recommend I recommend it to a kid today. I think it does kind of stand up with today's sort of animation and humor, and uh, you know the fact that kids have short attention spans, and this movie is very quick. You know, seventy eight minutes long. Um, and like yeah. I said, yeah, it's quick to move to different plot points uh, very quickly. I won't say that it's probably as good as a lot of the 90s era Disney movies from that Renaissance period like Hercules or Mulan. Um, but I would say it's probably better than a Tarzan. Maybe we'd have to revisit Tarzan. But like some of those, I, th- I do think it's better than it or at least stands next to. I will say that this most likely may be 
Disney's funniest or one of their funniest movies uh, that they've ever really produced. While some of that humor may not hold up to mm -hmm. everyone, I will say that it's uh, it was funny, it was entertaining, I liked the animation a lot. Um, and yeah, I'd recommend it to a kid from today or from then. If you were, if you haven't seen it in a while, like I said, at the time of this recording, it is on Netflix. I'd say it's worth revisiting. It's got an 86% on tomato meter. I wouldn't rate it that high. I'd probably put it, you know, maybe the mid seventies, low seventies, somewhere in there. Um, but it is definitely a fresh movie in my, my, my yeah, eyes. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. I'd, I'd also probably give it a, a round closer to like the the low 70s probably not maybe not in 86 yeah. but uh i i i also agree that it, in terms of the disney movies that were coming out back then i think it's way better than the self serious ones i i personally i'm not crazy about movies like tarzan and even though i did like the hunchback of notre dame because of the music um as a movie as a whole i'd much rather watch uh, 70 or so minutes of The Emperor's New Groove <laughs> than an hour and a half of Hunchback of Notre Dame or Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I'd also rather listen to yeah. Sting's My Funny Friend and Me than any of those other songs uh, to come out of the Disney canon ever. No, shut your mouth. Go listen to, go listen to the Hunchback let of it Notre go. Dame soundtrack right now or let it go. Better song. <laughs> better song, honestly. Yeah, better song. Yeah, way better uh, but, song. But, uh, well, dude... I'm I'm glad we revisited. I'm glad we're back in this, dude. And, yeah. and for the folks who are tuning in, either uh, you know faithful listeners or people who are just finding this for the first time, thank you for listening for the first time. Thanks for the download. We hope you subscribe at uh, on Podbean or on iTunes. Um, we're really looking into ramping up our social media presence, so that looks to be a, an Instagram account very soon. Uh, we will be hitting up the Twitter and Facebook, making sure that all this stuff remains active, and that you guys uh, please send us messages, uh, send us emails, and nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com uh, we really look forward to keeping this thing going, interacting with you and some of the new changes uh, like we said, we mainly are our biggest changes, we don't want to necessarily limit us to 1990 to 2005 specifically we're only going to go on the outskirts of that maybe by a couple of years if we decide to but there are a few movies that have been recommended to us that we've wanted to do that just kind of fall they just skirt that edge and we don't want to limit ourselves to to just those specific years so right not a huge change but something worth mentioning and you know what maybe there comes a point where we take a couple of requests for like blockbusters that have recently come out because I'm sure just based off of our four minute conversation, we could do an easy 60 minute episode on fucking fallen kingdom or, or, or the, or that fucking atrocious solo movie that came out. Um, oh God damn it, dude. It was, uh, or like, I mean, I would say it's not a bad summer, but yeah, we had some fucking stinkers or way cooler movies like hereditary or something like that. Because holy yeah, fuck, man. hereditary! That's a good movie. Well, yeah, that, what a good movie! Uh, before yeah. we actually get into our next week's movie, I also wanted another change. I was kind of hoping to make Zach was just was it was a quick throwaway at the end of each episode. Something you maybe want to recommend and not recommend. Something you had seen recently. Uh, well, you know, we'll go week by week, obviously. But if you wanted to go through, you know, had you watched anything you want to recommend to someone? It doesn't have to be nostalgia related at all. Just whatever you've seen, good or bad. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually. Gonna, what you been watching, I'm buddy. actually going to recommend a movie that is, I believe, on Netflix right now, and uh, I I can't remember what it got on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it got kind of not very well received, but I'm going to recommend a movie uh, that's kind of older. Uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
is on Netflix right now. Oh yeah, and dude. it's actually funny because um, I I've read uh, I think three out of the five books. Actually, I think he even they even released a sixth one uh, after he died that I still have to read. Um, and I always loved those books. And I remember seeing the movie and thinking that it actually does the movie like quite a lot of justice. Martin Freeman's in that. Um, Sam Rockwell, I think, is in that. Uh, yeah, dude. Most deaf. Def- like most deaf and Zoe Deschanel. And uh, also, um, oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Professor Snape. Um, it It is a oh, Alan flabbergast. Rickman, yes. Yeah, Alan Rickman plays... Uh, plays the robot it is a it is a like flabbergasting good cast um and huh. it, the movie i think is actually not terrible it's not the best movie but it's a good way to kill off 90 minutes and uh it got me back into rereading the books so i recommend that i think it would be you know it's it's a good movie to just kind of watch if you're up for just like kind of silly nonsensical science fiction okay and something you're not recommending i'm assuming would be fallen kingdom <laughs> Fallen Kingdom uh out on Blu-ray terrible movie don't watch it um I also I don't know why what possessed me to do this but I threw on the uh <laughs> the, the the Ed Helms vacation movie holy <laughs> what a pile of garbage that fucking movie is yeah uh, man so There's... don't watch that either <laughs> I will say there are a few individual scenes that had me chuckle. One involving Charlie Day as a suicidal like river like, battle. Yes, that's that, that's a funny. good bit. But yeah, bad movie. Oh, uh, and are yeah, we go ahead, recommended go television shows too? By oh, the way, dude, we're recommend whatever you I... watch that week. Let us know. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'm just gonna throw this. I promise I'll limit myself to one a piece next time next week. Um, but uh, I I have to recommend the show because I saw it and binged like both seasons on Netflix in like a matter of days. Uh, the good place, which starts up again on NBC in like two days. Oh yeah. Watch that fucking show. Ted Danson, Kristen Bell, uh, Ted Danson just got nominated for an Emmy. He didn't win, but he's phenomenal. Uh, just give that show a chance. Watch the first season. It takes directions. You wouldn't think it is. And it's, it's a delightful show. I'm so excited for season three to start up in a couple days. Awesome, dude. Right on, right on. Well, I will recommend two things as well, and one thing not to watch. My recommend for a movie, I'd say First Reform, starring Ethan Hawke. Uh, really slow, Ooh, that's uh, on slow my list. burn. Yeah, uh, directed by Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver. It's super fucked up uh, where it ends up, but again, it's just a really great character study. Awesome performances and uh, well shot. Every single it, the camera literally never pans, except for I think maybe two or three times in the entire movie. It's really just a well shot movie. Uh, the one I will recommend uh, TV show, dude, American Sea uh, Vandal, American Vandal season two. Holy shit, dude. Mm. I watched American Vandal season one based on your recommendation, I think probably a month ago, and I fucking binged through yeah. that. And I think it was, dude, it was so yeah. goddamn funny. I will say season two that is not- That show's got ridiculous heart, too. Dude, it's, ridiculous it's, heart, it and it's just it. so, so well written. Like, each episode gets you wanting to come back yeah. for more. Really bingeable. But I will say season two, I wouldn't yeah. say is quite as funny as season one, just because the lead character's- um, they don't have that guy. The lead character in season one, who it's all based around, was fucking like drop dead fun. I laughed at almost everything he'd ever said. He was so stupid. I will say, though, that season two, while not quite as funny, does have a more detailed mystery and that the unfolding of it is done or handled a little better. So both of those seasons are on Netflix as well. 
please watch them. It's a hilarious mockumentary, kind of satirizing the Making a Murder uh, docudrama series. Really well done. All right, good to know. Yeah, so some good recommendations. Was there anything you didn't want to recommend? Dude, and the one I will rec- not recommend, I went to theaters to go see Shane Black's The Predator. And, uh, dude, oh, such a good cast. So bad. Such a good cast. Sterling Brown, Thomas Jane, Keegan-Michael Key, dude. I love so many people in this, and I like Shane Black a lot. Dude, it just was just an incoherent just mess dude poorly edited i didn't yeah. know what the, half the time i had to honestly like think to myself what is actually happening plot wise right now and i heard that it was a victim of studio interference and, and re-edits but no excuse not worth your time or money in my opinion so i would skip that if i uh, had a choice yeah i can't wait till venom comes out so i cannot recommend venom oh good god dude that also looks Holy bad shit. yeah I'm, i'll there watch a, it i'll watch there is it with a open clip. mind there is a clip out there of like Tom Hardy doing like a an interview or something, and he's doing a lot of like stumbling around, and it kind of, they kind of played it off as like, oh yeah, he's just you know thinking off, off, uh, off the cusp there, and just thinking of questions to ask in a high pressure situation. And I remember looking at him being like, I think Tom Hardy forgot his lines, and they just kept it in the movie. Like he's stumbling all <laughs> over the place. He, like it just looks like a fucking such a bad movie. I cannot wait to fucking lay into it. <laughs> Dude, I do really want to see uh Bad Times at the El Royale though. Really excited for that yeah, one. I that, think that's the that one looks week, pretty so. sweet. I'm I'm excited for that. Hopefully uh palate cleanser but next week folks if you want to uh, join along with us we're going to be reviewing 1993's hocus pocus a (laughs) movie that was heavily recommended last halloween season we like to do for october all four weeks uh, kind of halloween themed films and we fucking ignored everybody we didn't care at all Dude, I did care. I just fucking hate this movie. I saw it two years ago for the very first time. Uh, Again, I lived in a house of younger women, and so this every fucking October, this movie popped up on my TV, and I just wanted to fucking gouge my eyes out every time it was on. It. I'm. We're gonna be pissy next next episode i think we might i somehow missed it as a kid and just watched it when i was too old of an adult and it just did not connect with me the way i'd imagine halloween town or Ernest scared stupid wouldn't connect with folks of this age either you know what i mean right yeah no i (laughs) yeah go figure although Ernest scared stupid may not connect with anyone I no one almost um yeah so we have that fucking to look forward to so yeah glad you're back (laughs) come on dude smiles and waves (laughs) but thank you everyone for listening we truly appreciate your support and uh you you just continuing to listen to us and and showing us your support for wanting the show to continue so thank you very much and please like we say every episode write us a review on itunes we're really gearing up for kind of promotion and and getting the show out there because the more listens we get the more eyes we get on the show and the more we're willing to kind of do more stuff these bonus episodes and 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 whatnot so it gives us the confidence and the assurance to to continue to do this so thank you guys for keeping with us and we look forward to many more episodes yeah tell your friends for the love of god please please dude and i'm gonna i'm gonna leave this one off with uh sting's classic hit uh, of course my funny friend and me here you hear those dulcet tones now let it carry you no, away into the night you. don't please don't i love you zach <laughs> I'm gonna, no i'm gonna i'm gonna hang up on no, you no, please. <laughs> have a good one The stars assume their pattern